0: Welcome into tailgate Austin Gill here and Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati ripping it up after what was an absolutely phenomenal weekend pool day at the current where we currently live should we say the apartment building where we currently live probably not yeah
1: we've done it before so that was
0: a good time it was a good weekend a lot to catch up on on the catch and early buzz including can we announce officially the drink of the summer can we mom
1: water we did already did I mean we? Not, you just you just weren't you just weren't I, up to speed on it. I haven't tried, it. tried. I hadn't yet,
0: tried. It. Did I'm you fine. try it before? Oh yeah, yeah you did. I what did. I, right. I was
1: saying last week, and you did finally. And so
0: we tried. I tried it, it officially at the pool on Saturday, and it was easily the best alcoholic beverage I've had that is in like a can. Yeah, like, I don't because like white claws are good, but I don't really like. I'm not a big soda guy. I don't drink Dr Pepper or any Pepsi or Coke or anything. So I don't really like a lot of carbonated drinks anyway. I'll drink carbonated drinks because. Those are where the alcohol is, but Mom Water is not carbonated and phenomenal. Yeah, man, it's kept JJ. you hydrated. It was it was an incredible piece. Gotta, I'm
1: gotta, we're going to go stock up on probably just buy out the supply at the Kroger by us because it's going to run out soon. It's, 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 it's one, one of the best things. It was like two it. years ago when High Noon ran out by the end of the summer. You couldn't find any of the good flavors, so. It might be this year. That's the other thing
0: Mom Water still has at their disposal, too. They only have, like, four flavors out right now. Yeah. They could continue to mix it up. expand. Jeez. All right. Well, I'm excited. That's that's the first thing. The other piece,
1: Drew Brees
0: could be coming back?
1: No. Okay. I mean, he could be. He did say he could be in one of the weirdest tweets that I've seen anyone have. Do you have the exact wording? Yeah, I I have have the the exact words.
0: Drew Brees tweeted at 8 o'clock, May 15th. After the the report came out that he was leaving NBC to go to Fox, which was apparently a mutual decision um, between the two parties, and there was a having watched
1: that- him, I would have expected it to be yeah more yeah. on NBC side than on Drew
0: Brees' side. But so I never went back and watched the Bengals Raiders game that he called. But in that article that announced he was leaving NBC, because we were both at the game, he apparently was awful. Like that's what they were saying that Bengals raiders playoff game but he tweeted despite speculation from media about my future this fall i am currently undecided i may work for nbc which i don't how is that even true i may play football again i may focus on business and philanthropy i might train i might train for a pickleball tour senior golf tour coach my kids or all of the above i'll let you know that is such a uh, he actually sent that tweet from his phone tweet you know like you know because like sometimes these guys have like people running their accounts yeah that is a – Drew Brees saw that report come out and was like, you know what, I'm I'm answering.
1: I'm answering the call yeah. here. What a weird tweet. It was like when John Lynch responded to the liking the Jimmy G. Yeah, like yeah, Jimmy yeah, Jimmy yeah. Tweet. It was definitely like the same energy where it's – he's just upset, like I got to throw something out there. Mm-hmm. Throws this out there. And everyone knows he's not going to come back and play football. Now his tweet right prior to that was him saying – juice landry and who else who, who was the other person in the tweet saying that he makes him want to come back signing with the saints juice matthew turner matthew makes him want to come back to the saints or whatever he, he ain't coming back i mean they say you don't think so james winston with his arm i mean he was the reason they lost The when they lost like it was on him he when two years ago obviously when they lost to the bucks he was not good legitimately he was cooked so he ain't coming back but man i, I had to listen to him on my notre dame games last year and everyone can improve sure (laughs) but he was not he treaded more towards the jason witten scale than the the tony romo scale Jason Witten, unretired
0: played again and that's true i i I don't think it's i don't think you can completely discredit him playing again yeah and it could not even it might not even be for the saints right or Mm -hmm. what if it's for a different team i don't know I, i i i don't know i think he could play again i think he probably hated being in media, too. There's no way he was also bad, but also didn't like I don't think he liked it. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of things with Drew Brees right now. Other catch and only buzz item, your boy, Jair Alexander. Four-year, $84 million contract extension. Christian Kirk money. Jair Alexander gets Christian Kirk money. Also includes a $31 million uh, signing bonus, I believe, which is like a record uh, for any defensive back. He gets $42.5 million before March. That is insane. Jair gets the bag.
1: Yes, and... Still relatively cheap, I mean, comparatively. Like, we've seen the top end of the cornerback performance be, I don't know, somewhat stable. Like, you you can rely on guys like Jalen Ramsey. Jarrell Alexander obviously got hurt last year. But and Howard, like the guys who have top-end contracts, to play well. But even still, they're $8 million below the wide receiver market right now, where Devonte Adams is at, where DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is at. Like, the top-end cornerback market is where I'd be throwing money at. We saw it this last year in free agency. We saw it now with Jair Alexander. Like That's a fine deal for the Green Bay Packers to sign. If you're saying it's $7 million, but what they had to give Devontae Adams, I think you do that in a heartbeat. The disparity between the
0: top-end wide receiver market and the top-end cornerback market is pretty damn wild. Last thing on the Catch and Only Buzz, I don't want to talk about the entire schedule release fiasco that was, but what do you have a favorite week one matchup?
1: Ooh. Um,
0: Raiders Chargers 425 on CBS, I think is going to be hot. In Los Angeles, a rematch of, obviously, the last game of the regular season, uh, I think will be pretty damn sick. And then you got Russell Wilson versus C- Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. That's not going to be a good game. I think the Broncos are favored by a decent good story amount. storyline. But it is a good storyline. And then the, the opening of the season is, is Bills at Rams, which I think is going to be a phenomenal Thursday nighter.
1: I think my favorite— though of the bunch is the sunday night game actually the rematch of last year's thursday night game which is bucks cowboys because that'll be a good sort of shakeout of where the top of the nfc is because obviously i think everyone thinks the bucks are one of the favorites with the cowboys having regressed a degree but i think cowboys being at home can really shake up the bop in the nfc early on the bop the balance of
0: power that early
1: I, I think there's value on
0: Texans plus seven and a half at home, Davis Mills. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not really I'm not giving betting takes
1: this early. I'm not. I refuse Yeah, we're not gonna go line by line here. I can't, I can't this AK um, show.
0: That's it for the the catch and early buzz. Before we get into the twenty twenty three NFL mock draft you wrote for PFF.com recently, gonna go after get Sunday. This podcast is sponsored by Sunday. Does your lawn have weeds, bear patches, and pet spots or pet spots? Sunday can help you solve all these problems and more the easy way they got everything you need from fertilizers to seeds to weed control and it's all delivered right to your door so Sam I was on the NFL podcast this morning and Sam was explaining to me because he actually has a lawn mm-hmm. it's like a box that gives it that gives you something that hooks up to your hose that you can spray on your grass it just makes it a little, little, little more green and a little more lush okay it's not like any it doesn't help your lawn mower at all yeah it just makes your grass look a little bit nicer and look at the pictures if you're watching live on YouTube here, look at that guy doing a little splits over the hose. That looks like a good time. I mean, this is what Sunday can do for you. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Their custom plans include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn. You can feel good with kids and pets being around. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It takes less than 15 minutes. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plan started just 129 bucks and you can get 20% off at checkout. When you visit getsunday.com slash forecast. I wonder what a season is not full year, full season. What's, what's lawn season, summer, spring, summer, the 20% off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash forecast. Have you ever had a lawn before? Sure yes. Your childhood home had a lawn, right? Uh,
1: yeah. When I was growing up, had one. I never, actually I did cut that a few times. Um, but I, I will say having to, then I had a lawn a couple years ago at a house with a lawn that was it's a lot of work that I don't want to be doing yeah but it gets on a mix easier I do think that um I've never had a lawn really no is Cali do they have like a lot of like fake lawns yeah there's some there? fake lawns or did you just not have like a yard or
0: I didn't have a wait our front was an ivy patch and then okay. we like replaced it with
1: like rocks okay
0: it was it was awful (laughs) it wasn't great and then our backyard our backyard was like on a hill it was it was not a great uh go outside and play experience there's
1: like this movement not to like this might not be good at advertising for sunday but like a movement against lawns that lawns are very bad for the environment they like having grass in general to uh, go away from grass really i I do prefer like if, if i were to like have a house i would want a astroturf lawn Really? Yeah. With, like, the markers on it so you can play some football and stuff? So, I don't know. Just, like, Astro is more versatile, in my opinion. And, obviously, you don't have to take care of it as much. That's fair. 2023
0: mock draft brought to you by Sunday. Get Sunday. Remember, 20% off to tailgate listeners. The promo code is TAILGATE. All right. To the 2023 mock draft, the quarterbacks are going to be good this year, right? Can we say that, or is it too early?
1: We'd say that. It is not too early. Maybe it's a little too early. But the quarterbacks this year, even compared to compared to last year at this time, much better I wouldn't go as far as to say they're as good as you know Lawrence Fields were heading into I guess that would have been the 2020 season I don't think we can put our boys CJ Stroud and Bryce Young on that caliber of prospects just yet but they're damn good prospects and definitely better than like Howell and Rattler were last year at this time Bryce
0: Young is the first player to come off the board in your 2023 mock draft. I think it's important, too, that you don't focus on the teams so much. I was going to say, go can ahead, we like
1: give a peek behind the curtain there? Go ahead. About why we even call this put it out as a mock draft? It's because you click on it. Yes. It's because you guys click on it. Yes. And, and I click on it. Like, it's not, it's human nature to want. Mock drafts. It's in at least my DNA. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's probably in yours. So we call it a mock draft instead of a big board, instead of a watch list, because no one's going to click on a big yes. board or a, mock, a watch list. Also, this point fewer
0: people search and big boards and watch lists. Every, here's and this is a bigger rant that I don't think anyone wants me to say right now, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is people are always like, why are people coming out with mock drafts so early? Any decision, content decision, m- m- not any ninety to 95% of content decisions made, especially by bigger outlets that do have teams that are looking at data available in Google Analytics and Heap and Clarity, all these things that we use, Chartbeat, to analyze user behavior and consumer behavior, 90 to 95% of those decisions are made because of you. Like, we wrote that mock draft (laughs) because you click on those mock drafts. We wrote that because you searched that in Google more than any other search term. So if you, this is the whole Save Your Likes movement. If there's specific content types you don't like, whether that's social content, video content, article content that comes out a lot. Like say you hate mock drafts or say you hate who's stopping this offense graphics or you hate whatever the fuck you hate, then don't click on it. Don't engage don't with engage it. it. Cause if you do, as long as you keep doing it, people are going to do it. It's the same yeah. thing with like, get up. People are always like, why is get up so polarizing? Why do we have to say is Matthew Stafford a hall of famer? Why can't we say he's good? Cause you engage with that content. You dumb. That's like the whole thing. Like no one talks about that segment on get up unless he said Matthew Stafford's a hall of famer. That's yeah. period.
1: So. Blame yourself. Don't blame the media. Yeah. And so I will also just add, it's fun. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be that serious. You know? The, it, it isn't that serious. It, really, it <laughs> quite literally is not. A lot of this is fun. It's why we are here right now doing this when we will not play, see a game of football played for the next four months. Yes. So there you have it.
0: All right, 2023 mock draft. You have Houston Texans, and this is set by market odds to win the Super Bowl next year. I believe Houston Texans at number one, taking quarterback Bryce Young. Bryce Young in 2021, for the uh, played over thousand snaps, a 92.2 PFF grade, 92.0 passing grade, was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the country. The concern with Bryce Young is that he's tiny. Get him. He's tiny, right? He's... I think he's five foot. He's not six foot. Listed at and six I don't foot, think he's
1: which always means he's not yes if you list at six foot in college you're 5'11 did you did, did you ever see if at six foot in your hinge profile you're probably 5'11 it <laughs> just is did yeah. you see bryce young i'm six foot though that's what people know i'm actually i'm <laughs> the only i'm the unicorn
0: there was that highlight clip of him going around playing like pickup basketball did you see that no and you see him going against like some schlub at the gym and Love he those. is tiny dude really small compared to these average joes that he was playing up against but um yeah that's going to be the concern with bryce young that's what everyone's going to be talking about it's going to be at the levels of kyler murray remember when kyler murray Uh like weighed in and he said his hair like they couldn't flatten it like it's going to get to that level and he was drinking like a gallon of water before he weighed in and opted to not do anything but weigh in and get measured all that Uh, bryce young is going to do the exact i don't know if he's going to do the exact same thing but the same same amount of discourse is going to be had because This guy's tiny and it's going to be talked about a thousand times
1: and and Kyler murray even to his credit was built more so than bryce young is Mm -hmm. like he he was a thicker build to where you didn't worry as much about injury whereas bryce young at his size that's going to come up but he's got an arm i'm not worried about his arm strength even at that size whatsoever it's not maybe elite by nfl standards but it is a plus arm um and man he's such a natural just thrower of the football Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no real better way to describe it it's just he can put it from any body position to any other point in the field just so easily has such a feel for pressure in the pocket and the one play the reason why right now i would lean young versus cj over cj stroud in this debate that's gonna probably rage on for a while here is just the innate feel or just comfortability of the position that young's array showed and the play I go back to—that's the one I'm just like—that is a dude who's got kind of the it factor. Mm-hmm. It is SC championship game? It was post route John Mechie. Uh, not there. It's double covered. Young has like a little time in the pocket. Before, as soon as he sees his double covered, he points to the corner, throws to the corner, Mechie touchdown. All from the pocket. He sees that it's a that it's, that route's not going to work. Goes hey go to the corner, some schoolyard stuff. Uh, just against, you know, the best defense, most loaded defense in NCAA of the past decade and lights them up in that game. So that's why lean Young, not to say that Stroud's not a ridiculously talented prospect, right. he is, but Young is just, I think he's got that it's, that translates the quarterback position right
0: i remember when we were in columbus for the oregon ohio state game and brady was there and you're like hey man is it cool if we go talk to brady and i was like yeah of course mike we can go talk to brady Then we crossed the field go talk to brady and um he was like bryce young's the best quarterback in the country like it was and it was very early in last season like he only had played like one yeah, game so up to that at. point and brady very quickly was like he's got the best hips best throwing motion best processing Bryce Young is going to be a monster. Yeah. Uh, I just dropped in tailgate the Slack channel we have. L- check out him playing pickup hoops against this yeah. random kid and tell me that looks like an NFL quarterback. It's insane. Yeah. It is insane how small he looks. I think Quinn's trying to pull it up right now for the people watching along on YouTube. But, like, he looks legitimately small as hell <laughs> in this, in this pickup video. Like, if you said to me that's an NFL quarterback, I'd be floored.
1: Yeah and not and not tall either. He's but, slight,
0: he's not tall. It's it's going to be interesting. His the body yeah. discourse around Bryce Young will be hot. All right, this is now the number 2 pick. You did not have quarterback here. You went Atlanta Falcons edge Will Anderson. Anderson should have been probably in the Heisman conversation with how well he played last year. And he was, wasn't he? He was he in the, was he, fifth. he was, Yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't in fifth. the he didn't final get the three, invite,
1: but he got, yeah. Um
0: Listed at six foot four, two forty three. You know, this past year, ninety plus grade, I believe he was. You know, a ton of uh, I'm trying to pull up his grades right now. Uh, an eighty nine point eight PFF grade, eighty three point two pass rushing grade, eighty two total pressures. Dude, he had eleven against New Mexico State, six against Arkansas, six against Georgia, six against Cincinnati. Against Ole Miss, he had nine pressures. I, the the pressure profile he had to hit five or more in as many games as he did in his run is insane. Will Anderson mm-hmm. Jr i think will be vying for the number one overall pick and would have been if he was in this last year's class yeah i think quarterbacks will ultimately trump him whether it's bryce young and cj stroud or bryce young or cj stroud at number one overall but will anderson man i think he is an absolute force and would have been in the conversation for the number one overall pick if he was uh, eligible this year
1: yeah he already has 142 pressures through two seasons and there's 70 a year already as a fresh true freshman and true sophomore for alabama i mean he could probably opt out and still be a top five pick very reminiscent of Micah Parsons in the way that I'm not sure it really mattered what position you want him to line up at. He, he just plays football well. Mm-hmm. Like he, play, he, he does everything on a football field well. Like Whether it's using his hands, whether it's playing physical, you know, tracking guys down in space. He is just a spectacular athlete to watch play the position. I, really a guy that's that the NFL is not going to overthink a guy like this. He will be going very high next year. Another
0: pass rusher or interior or another defensive lineman, but a really good pass rusher for Georgia that I think would have went ahead of Trayvon Walker even <laughs> if he was eligible for this past year's draft is Jalen Carter, six foot three, three ten, eighty seven or 90.0 PFF pass rushing grade this past year, thirty four total pressure, six pressures against Bama in the national championship. This dude is way too um, twitched up for yes. how big he is. Like, he is. I remember we were like saying that about Devontae Wyatt. At the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter moves differently on this defensive line. He moved a lot different to what Jordan Davis was offering, what Devontae Wyatt was offering. He was easily the best pass rusher along that defensive line. And uh, like I said, if he was drafted eligible, I think he's he's in contention for the number one overall pick. This upcoming class with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter
1: has two absolute stars on defense. Yeah, the DT class after what the last two years we've been saying, you know, two years ago, there wasn't even any. Um, and then last year, or this pat I guess, so that would be one year ago, mm-hmm. but then this past draft, there was, what, two that ended up going in the first round. Some weaker DT classes. I think this upcoming one's going to bring it back to maybe, you know, 2019 uh, yeah. levels, I guess. So Simmons, Oliver, um, and uh, the Bama, the one number three that year, Quinnen, Quinnen levels of DT type of talent. This one, I think, is right up there. Jalen Carter is kind of the – do-it-all guy at the moment he's already he was the most disruptive guy in that george line in, mm-hmm. in terms of getting into opposing backfields now jordan davis could you know hold up in the run game Devonte wyatt had that elite first step I, he's not the athlete that Devonte wyatt is not a lot of people are but man he is just the all-around game that carter has already for a true sophomore last year you know was is insane and it's why he outsnapped those other guys it's why he played a lot and was on the field for their money down and stuff like that
0: so you have him as the number three overall pick going to the new york jets remember the team's not as important necessarily as the order of these players and for DraftKings, the odds to be the number one overall pick the favorite right now is cj stratt at plus 200 then bryce young at plus 225 will anderson at plus 330 it's kind of a three horse race there and then paris johnson plus a thousand will levis plus 1500 gets a lot more um, deep after that all right number four overall C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback that had a slow start to the season this past year, but I do think turned it on towards the back end. He was the most court- accurate quarterback in the Power 5 last year, according to PFF's ball charting. That's from a clean pocket. That's when 10-plus yards downfield. Like he was, he was turning it around um, towards the back half of last season. I was really impressed. Didn't have the game he needed against Michigan, but still finished with a 92.2 PFF grade. In the first season, he really played. In 2020, he played eight snaps. This past year, obviously, was a full-time starter. Um, I think he is – he and Bryce Young are going to go toe-to-toe to be the number one overall pick.
1: Yeah, and the thing about these quarterbacks is the tape we've seen on these guys. And, like, Stroud earlier in the season had some struggles late in the season, looked like a different guy, Utah game, uh, Michigan State games especially. But as we've, if we've learned anything from this pastures quarterback class, it's that that year really doesn't matter. You know, yeah. If it did, Sam Howell would be going a lot higher. If it did – other guys in this class or you know, Spencer Rattler would have been in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Like quarterback, it is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of position, especially. Um, so obviously still a lot of time for these guys to jostle. From a pure tools perspective, Stroud is over Bryce Young by a good good ways. I mean, mm-hmm. I love his release. He, he has got one of the quickest, tightest releases at the quarterback position that you'll ever see. And he has zipped to all three levels a very talented thrower of the football i still do worry about you know going to the michigan game probably one of the games he struggled but even then like he finished with 394 yards two touchdowns no picks but had some issues in terms of locking on to receivers not getting off and again a lot of the same things we said about just fields because it's that offense Mm -hmm. it's an offense that's asking guys wide receivers to break their routes off depending on the coverage depending on what they get so you can't necessarily just come off of a guy because he might break it off to you know a different level you have to give those guys that opportunity so it's going to be an interesting debate but i do think they're both from a from what they've shown already we we are there's no backslide coming from either that's going to move them down the way we saw from how the way we saw from rattler the way we saw from guys from last year these guys are going to be first rounders i i would be floored if they're not
0: Jacksonville Jaguars at number five. This is by far the biggest projection, right? (laughs) Tight end Eric Gilbert going five overall to Georgia. Tight end who was originally recruited to LSU as a five-star recruit. I think it was like the number – 10 overall player in the 2020 recruiting class according to 24 7 sports six foot five 250 pounds went to LSU uh and played at LSU played over 500 snaps at LSU earned a 70.7 PFF grade and then did not play in 2021 due to personal reasons a lot of the reporting around that is that he missed his family it's a big reason why he transferred from LSU to Georgia he's from Marietta Georgia so excited to see what this kid could be right I mean he was a five-star receiver prospect that now has enough weight to play this move tight end position he is athletically and size wise I think you have the comparison as Kyle Pitts I mean like that's the type of it like is. body he has
1: yeah I mean 6'5 248 uh he was the highest rated r- tight end recruit ever wow. according to 247's composite so a freak talent athletically like truly in the realm of you're Kyle calling Pitts. your shot here
0: though saying number five
1: yeah yeah it's just saying what he could be this guy but quite obviously when you sit on an entire season for personal reasons the nfl is going to probably not draft your number five for all I'll just i'll just say that like this is i just said it because he is truly that special of a talent that he could be Kyle Pitts next year for Georgia. like he could put up those type of numbers could be that kind of athlete for the tight end position that can change the game that everyone's looking for but yeah we need to see him play football again would also be a big part of that
0: another one of your guys oh, in the I love guy. uh, in the uh, 2023 NFL draft here it's Tanner McKee guy that um i i have actually interviewed on this podcast when i thought he could be coming out for the 2022 NFL draft mm-hmm. he is the Stanford quarterback that i think missed his first two seasons at Stanford due to a
1: mission trip i think it was a two year mission trip due that he to took. a mission trip i mean he took a two-year mission he didn't miss his first two seasons oh yeah
0: yeah he didn't miss yeah. his first two seasons wait he, he, he took did. a mission uh yeah.
1: more mission lds mission two seasons off so he was part of the 2018 recruiting class two years came back with davis mills backup first season the neck and then came back with the starter this past year so he's going to be like a redshirt senior age wise mm-hmm. but more but redshirt sophomore by eligibility wise so he truthfully could stay in college for four more years i think with covid regulations
0: that would be insane <laughs> he played over 580 snaps total last year earned a 69.0 pff grade uh i i still need to see it from mckee man i don't know I, I don't think he's played enough to warrant this high of praise and i don't know i i think i want to start to see him put it together like this is another projection right former five-star recruit Uh, or no four-star recruit coming out of uh, California had offers from Stanford, Arizona, Auburn, Florida, et cetera, chose Stanford over all of them, then took that mission. He's just got to put it together in
1: a season that we've seen. Yeah, he's got such a live arm, though, uh, for a guy 6'6", 230, perfect, like ideal size for the position. I think he gets through progressions as well as anyone in this draft class, and he is in an offense that is not conducive to putting up numbers. And I've heard – that they're going to change. They have a different plan of attack and how they're going to be this offense this upcoming season. But they still, just talent-wise, at the receiver, playmaker position around him at Stanford, it's never going to look like what Bryce Young looks yeah. like. It's never going to look like what C.J. Stroud looks like. He's just not. But I-, I do still think the talent, the quarterback position, I, I think he ends up a first-rounder. I'm going to say it right now. You're calling your shot. That you're calling your shot. We're going to see next when I start doing locks next fall. But he might be one of them. Jacqueline Roy, next guy on your list here. He went number seven overall to the New
0: York Giants. Defensive tackle for Baylor. Or no, not Baylor. LSU. I am thinking of Bravion Roy. Uh, LSU, 6'4", 300-pounder. I, I turned on his tape. I wasn't super, super impressed. I think he had some good games against McNeese and Central Michigan to start. And then was kind of hot and cold rushing the passer after that. I was expecting more because his pass rushing grade is so high, 89.6. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love his tape as much as I wanted to initially, but I, I, I think he's a, a, a highly coveted recruit that is still obviously developing.
1: Yeah, so again, only a true sophomore to put up 31 pressures last year. Um, I think he's got powerful hands for being still kind of a guy who's needs to get bigger, like 6'4", 297. Uh, I think ultimately he probably plays in like the 315 kind of range, is the type of DT he is, to where already that strong as true sophomore, I think that arrow is only pointing up for a guy like
0: that yeah i want to see more up as we continue before it's gonna be a top 10 pick
1: will levis this guy
0: has some when i went back and watched the wandel robinson tape there's so many throws from levis we're like holy shit this guy can mm-hmm. sling it uh 90.6 pff grade uh, in his first year at kentucky over 400 dropbacks didn't beat out Dr. Sean Clifford at Penn State went to Kentucky and, and lit it up. And I think this year – it's
1: a little red flag. It's a little, it's little a, red flag. It's definitely a red flag. <laughs> definitely a red flag.
0: But he goes to Kentucky and has a lot of success. And I think if he builds on that this year, I think it's going to be, you know, obviously really, really encouraging. I think he could be a top ten pick. I know there are other people around, you know, around draft Twitter that like Levis a lot as well it needs to be consistent it can't just be you know flash in the pan I think yeah. this year will be a big one but if it's another 90 plus grade he's gonna be in the conversation has to be in the conversation for top 10 pick and um, you know among this top quarterback class
1: and obviously encouraging that he played in a now offensive coordinator in the NFL's offense mm-hmm. last year Liam Cohen goes to now the Rams to be their office coordinator he was the offense coordinator at Kentucky last year kind of the red flag in Levis gonna be 23 this fall so we'll be 24 as a rookie when he does ultimately come out but Definitely a looks-the-part kind of guy, well-built at 6'3", 232, athletic, big arm, a lot of impressive throws on tape, a lot of impressive runs on tape. Consistency probably going to be king for him, but, I mean, he gets the chance. When you you play in the SEC, and obviously he's not going to be playing with the talent he had last year at Kentucky, but still, when you play in the SEC, you have a chance to prove yourself every single week for NFL evaluator. Uh, I do think he could play his way into this now. I, I, right now, I probably would not call him, though, like a top ten threat.
0: Mm-hmm. Kayshawn Booty, LSU wideout, one of my favorites in this upcoming class. Really liked his 2020 tape. Uh, caught 45 of 76 targets for 735 yards and five touchdowns this past year at LSU. Had an injury that kept him. Uh, I think he got hurt in week six in a game where he caught eight of eight for 73 in the game before, six of eight for 127 in touchdown. He is awesome. If he can get healthy this upcoming season i think he's going to be
1: one of the if not the top receiver in 2023 so i'm not calling him jamar chase but he is six foot 205 pounds and he wears number one and he's probably going to run like high four threes low four fours and jump like 40 inches like he's super explosive like it's it's not difficult to squint and see jamar chase when you see Keisha, because that's just the type of explosive athlete he mm-hmm. is at that size so Another guy where I, I don't think it's going to take too much from him this fall to call him a first-rounder. He's just a super talented dude.
0: Antonio Johnson is next, defensive back from Texas A&M. I know Anthony Tresh is a huge fan of his, and you are as well. I actually haven't watched any Antonio Johnson. Talk to
1: me about him. So he plays slot for them. He was a former top safety recruit, 6'3", 200. So that's – he, he's not going to be a slot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be either a safety or a corner, interested to see where he plays this fall. Um, but very explosive, one heck of a tackler. I mean, he closes the ball carrier so quickly. He shut down. I mean, he got targeted 62 times last year and allowed only 228 yards because he wow. closed in so the slot quickly too. to a lot of stuff underneath. Yeah, he's a very talented dude. But I do think for his draft stock's sake, he'll want to play elsewhere next fall.
0: Outside corner or safety?
1: I uh, Probably safety. Gotcha.
0: Anton Harrison, first offensive lineman off the board here in your 2023 mock draft. Oklahoma, offensive tackle, 6'5", 309. Guy that last year earned an 85.6 pass blocking grade, 77.0 overall grade.
1: Yeah, at the moment, I I don't think this tackle class, there's no one that's really risen to firm OT1 status that I'm really saying is a first-rounder yet. Like, there's a lot of guys that I'm intrigued by as we'll get to and we'll see, but there's no real clear-cut tier like, you know, when Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirth were coming out, when Penny Sewell was coming out, when even this past year, Evan Neal, you know, on the freaks list, everyone's hyping him up. I'm not sure there's anyone at that tier just yet, but I do like Anton Harrison a lot. I I think from a build perspective has what you want from a lean 6'5", 309 pounds, well-proportioned, carrying it throughout his frame, long arms, and already 85.6 pass block grade last year, as you mentioned. So yeah, I'm a fan of his. We'll see, though, the battle for OT1, who comes up.
0: Cornerback Cam Smith from South Carolina comes up the board at 12. I I like Cam Smith a lot last year. 89.7 PFF coverage grade. Worry is he's a little thin, right? I think his lower half looks really thin. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he adds weight this offseason. I don't know if he necessarily – the friend, I don't know. It's interesting because he's a guy that has been there for three years now, 2019, 2020, 2021. Finally got an opportunity with J.C. Horn gone. Played really well. Um, I just know that if he does weigh in 100, under 190 pounds at six one, that's going to be concerning for teams. Yeah,
1: probably why he came back because I thought his tape was good enough to come out, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And he could have been second-round mix with what he put on tape. I mean, only allowed 15 to t- 32 targets. That is very physical at the catch point. Good ball skills there. Nine pass breakups, three picks last year. But he's kind of, like, he's got, uh, why I put him at 12th here is because he has that kind of talent. But, yeah, if, he's, if he comes in 6'1", 195, 200 with the tape he put on, it's a different story than 6'1", 187 where he's listed.
0: Next guy is Nolan Smith, the edge from Georgia. He was a former number one overall recruit in the 2019 class, even ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau. I did not love his tape this past year, and he's been at Georgia for a bit now. And I, you know, just a seventy-nine point one PFF pass rushing grade this past year. He's got over nine hundred career snaps played. I thought, I thought I was going to see a little bit more. He seems like a bit of a one-trick pony, rushing the passer off the edge, pure speed guy. But coming back to Georgia, I think is big for his stock. He's got the tools, got the speed at least to to be a dominant pass rusher. I just need to see more than thirty pressures in a season if I'm going to get on board with this first round hype.
1: Yeah, but he is. I mean a freak athletically. There's that whole front seven had like unreal athletes, and he was another. Like he was for the edge. He was their best athlete on the edge. I would say probably even better than Adam Anderson and Adam Anderson, obviously, with his pro day was unreal. So probably like maybe a high four fours guy at six three, two thirty five. Like, so he's still undersized. I would think, I don't know, just based off a of tape, like he is that level of explosiveness. and, and you see it and kind of flashes as a pass rusher, like reps where it's like, damn, that was like violent and, and all put together. But there's a reason he came back to school despite being this high in athletes, because like you mentioned, the tape as a pass rusher just not refined whatsoever. He doesn't net moves really to speak of. So only 28 pressures. I, I do think he could really up his draft stock with a big year. But like he's a high floor in terms of where he gets drafted because he is that athletic. But we are going to need to see a, a good step forward from him to justify 13th overall.
0: Similar player. Brian Breezy of Clemson, former five-star recruit that has played oh. over 500 career snaps with Clemson now. I was about
1: to say they are not similar at all, but I know what you're getting at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breezy's a DT, but they're both the number one overall recruit. Yeah, yeah, former
0: number one overall recruit so You just haven't seen it all come together yeah. yet, right? Only 10 total pressures for Breezy this past year. He obviously got hurt. Um, he only played one, two, three, and four this past year. But in 2020, four and three snaps played, just a 69.2 PFF grade. Breezy needs to put it all together, but a guy that, again, Freaky athlete for his size, six foot five, three hundred, and a lot of high expectations.
1: Man, If I was one of these Clemson D linemen, and this is not any shot at now, I actually don't know what their defense is going to look like this upcoming fall. But Breezy, and then the guy we'll get to in a little bit, Miles Murphy, they don't get a chance to rush the passer the way Ohio State guys do, the way Bama guys do. Like they are not put in positions no. to succeed as they pass run at like three, three 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 joke. five. Yeah, the way so ever since what was it? Ever since the Cleveland Furl year, so I guess that was eighteen, the twenty eighteen Clemson team. The next year they came back with the, what was it called? The three, the three one seven defense. Yeah. They came back with a three one seven, and all of a sudden they've taken their defense alignment out of favorable pass rushing situations. Basically, like they were a four down front, I believe, back in twenty eighteen, or just gave those guys much more opportunity to attack. And now they are just almost placeholders for their blitz schemes and. For Breezy, you just don't get to see his super talented dude, 6'5", 300, one hell of an athlete, the number one overall recruit, and just not put in a position where you really can tell what the hell he's capable of as a pass rusher, sadly.
0: This next guy's tape is is some of the funniest tape I've watched in preparation for the 2023 draft. Andre Carter, who, yes. is, who is a 6'7", 265-pound edge for Army, and – He just runs full sprint at guys, and you can't stop him. He, I think, still needs to develop moves and all that stuff. Which, but still, a 93.4 PFF pass rushing grade, 59 total pressures this past season, and so much of it is that he's he looks like the best athlete on the field a lot of times. And that's again going against you know teams like Bucknell and UMass and Navy and Western Kentucky and UConn. Like a lot of the competition, you're like, oh god, this guy's the best player on the field. I want to see more. I, wonder what the, I don't know what their schedule is, but I want to see him go against more Power 5 competition. I want to see him develop some pass rushing moves, but the body and the the mindset he has is, is pretty wild when you turn it on.
1: He's sick. He's going to be the highest draft Army player, so there hasn't been a guy a guy go above, I think, the sixth round since 1948 from Army. So he will go above that because he is, maybe he's not 6'7", but he's tall as shit. I mean, he's at least over 6'5". Long, to our Crazy pounds.
0: shoulder pads. He like he stands out. He's got like these things
1: that are like way up here. He, he is just, uh... hulking over opposing offensive linemen, and, and I push back. I think he has a few moves already. He just is a little out of control um, in his deployment of said moves, and kind of just a bowling ball of butcher knives at the moment. But man, he, he's he's a talented guy. I don't know if he goes first round, but I, he has the kind of ability too potentially go for sure
0: i think you're smart to plant your flag on him i do think that he's ultimately going to be drafted lower than maybe where we have him on our final board he's that same that he's that type of guy that like we're going to have higher
1: but we'll see but i mean 93.4 pass rusher grade and yes he only played two power five teams i believe last year in missouri and wisconsin but in those games 92.1 pass rusher grade against wisconsin 76.8 against missouri solid grades so tbd
0: Next here is Trenton Simpson, former five-star off-ball linebacker out of North Carolina, decided to go to Clemson over North Carolina. And um, he is wildly explosive, really good athlete, 6'3", 225. Did not grade particularly well this past year, but when they had him rush the passer, he was awesome. And he was a you know, 90 pass rushing opportunities, 31 total pressures. That's insane. And that, again, speaks back to some of that defense, you know, some of the Clemson defense that they run. They want to move their linebackers and use them to attack the passer. He was really good at that this past season.
1: Yeah, he's right now I would put him as LB1 over, you know, Noah Sewell, who probably a lot of people know about as, you know, maybe the top off-ball off linebacker in the 2023 class. Sewell is just kind of, man, he's going to be interesting case study. I didn't even put him in the first round because I just think the NFL is trending away from guys like that in the massive, massive linebackers. Why I saw Leo Chanel fall, why like a lot of people were surprised at how high Zayvon Collins even went. And Zayvon Collins then obviously struggled to see the field as a rookie, but. Trent Simpson to me is just much more of a fluid all around athlete that can cover one on one, blitz, make play side on side on the run game. I, I just I think he is a fairly safe bet to be a top linebacker pick next year.
0: Kelly, or is it Ke- Keele Ringo? I don't know how to pronounce it. Keely Keeley Ringo. I haven't watched Relief. a lot of Keeley Ringo. Played over 700 total snaps this past year on Georgia's defense, a 74.5 PFF grade. I haven't watched him closely. I, I guess talk about him.
1: So Ringo, the Georgia corners last year just, they had it easy, man. You know, you have this all-world front seven. You don't have to worry too much. If you want to bite in a double move, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to burn you. Too, the chance of it burning you very, very slim. So his coverage numbers outstanding. I mean, I mean, targeted 59 times, only 24 catches for 346 yards. So like really shut down his side of the field. But I, I don't think that's quite indicative of how good he was just yet. But six-two, two hundred five, 205, and probably going to run somewhere near the 4.3s or low 4.4s. Four he has that physical prowess to him to where that's a good starting point. I, I do think he still um, needs to be tested a little bit more, but we shall see. Peter Skaranski
0: is next on your list here. You had him going 18 to the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people like him coming out of Northwestern, Six foot four, two 294, an 81.4 PFF grade in 2020, 83.8 in 2021, including an 84.3 pass blocking grade. Good production to start. Where are you at on Skaranski?
1: Just a Northwestern becoming OTU apparently. Took over left tackle from Rashawn Slater mm-hmm. back in 2020 when Rashawn Slater opted out excellent that season. true freshman to me he's the best tackle right now um among anyone coming back in the country but he is on the smaller side 64 294 he's not as physically sort of he'll probably be in the in the tier of athletes at the ot position maybe more like jonah williams testing wise like jonah williams wasn't a bad athlete coming out of alabama but that wasn't how he won so i don't know if he's going to get hyped up as that sort of uh with that much hype behind him but he's he's just one of those guys you know is gonna be good you're not that good at it, that young of an age 81.4 overall grade as a true freshman without having s- some ability behind you so yeah i'm a big fan of his game just will be interesting to see where his draft stock ends up
0: jackson smith and the jigbo, finally comes off the board here at 19 to the arizona cardinals i know when you first published the smock draft a lot of people were upset they expected him to be wide receiver one top five pick so. He, I think I was talking to someone recently on a Ohio State podcast, is expected to play in the slot again this year, which would be interesting because mm-hmm. you won't get that opportunity to see him see a lot of outside coverage, press coverage concepts, but he was dominant in the slot for Ohio State this past year, 91.7 PFF grade. A lot of people think that he's the best receiver in the country.
1: So he's much... So I, I there was a question, I believe, in one of the mailbags about how is he compared to Wilson and a lot of his prospects. And I said, I, as, as it stands right now, obviously, he's only a true sophomore, so... Mm-hmm. A lot can change a lot can change as it stands right now i just thought olave speed deep threat was better than jigba i thought wilson was a more dynamic athlete than in jigba so i thought they were a little bit better prospects as stood right now like if smith and jigba were in this class i would have leaned the other two but smith and Jigba is incredibly reliable i mean very good hands very heady wide receiver knows how to create space for himself knows how to get open Good after the catch as well, can win, can make you miss, and, like, shred arm tackles and that stuff because he's six foot one ninety eight a much m- more solidly built wide receiver than those other guys. So I'm not knocking him by any means. I'm just not sure I see can't miss, elite, whatever. Because, I mean, shit, Garrett Wilson went 10th. Chris Olave went 11th. I, I, I'm calling him a first-rounder. I'm just not sure I necessarily see top 10 sort of dynamism from him just yet.
0: Next on your list, which, interesting, Chris Abrams-Drain, the Missouri cornerback, who was recruited to Missouri to play receiver. I think he was like a three-star coming out of Spanish for Alabama and now plays cornerback, slot cornerback for Missouri. He's tiny. Listed at 5'11", 177. Could be smaller than that from a height perspective, but this is the exact type of corner that you always fall in love with. These guys that are small, but got that dog in them, if you will. I don't like, always fall in love with them. You love tiny corners. Byron Murphy, true. Trent McDuffie, Chris Abrams. Trent McDuffie's not tiny. Uh, under six feet with under 30-inch arms. That's not... Well, he's 195 pounds. Okay, okay. I'm just speaking to guys that are under six feet with short arms. Yeah. This is what Abrams Drain's looking like. Okay,
1: well, I just think he's a very talented defensive player. I, I'm not sure he's going to end up that tiny I feel like he'll be fine-sized by the time he comes out and he was a guy who played wide receiver his freshman year like it wasn't like he came there as a fr- wide receiver recruit and then switched. No, he played wide receiver as a freshman and then switched to defense slot and outside played a bunch played all over the place for them I love his ball skills love the fluidity of the athlete and his ability to flip his hips I just think for him to play that well that early on in his career of being a defensive player, very intrigued about where his uh where he ultimately ends up.
0: Jordan Addison, who TBD where he ends up. I thought he was going to be school wise all in and, and USC, but now I think Texas is making a late aggressive push. Qu- Quinn Ewers and Jordan Addison, I could be I could be exciting. I was uh I was a big fan of his tape going back and watching it. I remember not like watching any Pittsburgh during the season for whatever reason, but then watching back, can you and then seeing Addison was awesome last year. Uh, I I think he is going to solidify himself as a first-rounder this upcoming season, regardless of where he ends up.
1: Yeah, so he's not going to tick size boxes, but I don't think if we've learned anything last year, I think the size box in the NFL has gone by the wayside at the receiver position. I don't think anyone cares. When Jahan Dotson can be a 16th overall pick at 5'11", 178. Yeah. Jordan Addison for sure can be at one ninety seven, one seventy five. So I I do think he is – super sudden out of his breaks i mean just it's such an easy separator for the receiver position not hard to see why he had 100 catches fifteen hundred and ninety three yards blenikoff award winner and why he is in demand in this transfer portal because he's going to fit into any offense and produce
0: you know I, I don't think you have him in your first round but talk about not taking size boxes xavier worthy the texas wideout, he's he's yeah. at six foot one 160 he is thin dude <laughs> You gotta walk. You gotta turn his tape on. He's—it's not. I don't think he's like reminiscent of Devontae mm. Smith as a player, but like he looks a lot like Devontae Smith because he's tall and t- his calves are like the size of my forearm. It's insane. Yeah. There's uh, some
1: other like Josh Downs is sick, but five ten, one seventy right now. Yeah. Like there's some small guys that are producing that.
0: I don't like Downs right now as a first round player because yeah, I watched really. a lot of Sam Howell <laughs> <laughs> trying to convince myself of him as a first rounder, and like Downs was great after the catch, but he's just too small. He's mm. too small to. To, to think about as a first rounder. All right, 22, Cincinnati Bengals. Edge, Miles, Murphy, the other Clemson defensive lineman, 6'5", 275.
1: Yeah, this dude is built already. For his true sophomore, like, to be 6'5", 275, he's not really holding a lot of bad weight at that size, which is very impressive already, um, just from a pure physicality perspective. Again, stupid Clemson defense. We'll see if it changes this year with no more uh, – with what's his face going to Oklahoma – but the defense coordinator going to Oklahoma. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head.
0: Oh, um, Brett
1: I can Venables. see his face. <laughs> Brett Venables, yeah. So go, Brett Venables, defense DC going to Oklahoma. We'll see if they change up their defense. What they do uh, this upcoming fall. But Miles Murphy, man, he just shocks guys on contact. Truthfully, I put him at twenty two here. He could end up top five pick. That, mm-hmm. That's the type of athlete we're working with, Miles Murphy.
0: B. John Robinson, you have next going 23 to the Houston Texans. I want to see him run more routes from the slot and even on the outside. There's a couple of reps last year where you saw him doing some of that, and it was awesome. I think that would be massive for his prospects. He is.
1: I mean, he could opt out and go in the first round, truthfully. Yeah. I think he's been that good already.
0: Yeah. B. John Robinson, Texas back, is awesome.
1: Broke 79 tackles on 195 carries only last year. Just insane stuff. I, I mean, he is. Fast, he is strong. He's elusive. He has good hands. He can get open on his own. Uh, there's just a lot to like about Bijan. He is like that tier of running back where, obviously, I'm not gonna say draft him the first round, but you know what you're getting at the end of teams level. are gonna be hyping it's up. It's not the gonna be a bust, round. yeah.
0: Next is Eli Ricks, who does have good size, six foot two, one ninety five, LSU corner this past year, just a sixty seven point mm, six. Now,
1: now an Alabama corner.
0: Transferred to Alabama? I didn't even know that. Transferred to Alabama, 67.6 PFF grade with LSU in 2021, and 82.8 PFF grade with LSU in 2020.
1: Yeah. Ultra long dude, 6'2". Speed's the only concern I have with him. And obviously he needs to get back healthy. Shoulder injury this this past year, cut it short, but as a true freshman, 85.6 coverage grade. 13 to 28 targets for only 237 yards. So he was pretty damn good hitting the ground running. Very curious to see how he looks this year for Alabama. Again, uh, him versus Ringo and Smith, I think he's probably the slowest of those three at the moment.
0: Gervon Dexter of Florida. You love this DT class. Six you. foot six, 303. That crazy tall build, 72.3 PFF grade for Florida this past season.
1: Yeah, so only kind of just scratching the surface. He's just really figuring out how to use his prodigious physical tools but man 6'6 300 and like as long as that would suggest like he's this ain't no logan hall 6'6 where i think logan hall checked in with under 33 inch arms he's got probably 34 35 inch arms on dexter and played a lot of true nose last year i'm not sure that's ultimately his best position but still a guy who more of a projection here obviously wouldn't only seventy-five point eight passers grade last year. I'm not putting him in that conversation just yet, but you can see how the arrows point up for this guy.
0: Same with Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, six foot four, three fifteen, seventy-eight point eight PFF grade, playing left tackle for Georgia this past season. He was pretty sick.
1: He was the OT one recruit back in the twenty twenty recruiting class. um So that would be the guys becoming true juniors this upcoming fall. Technically a redshirt sophomore, but whatever he. Filled in at left tackle, uh, Giorgio, and they rotated out and had some injuries last year, so 438 snaps. He will be left tackle this upcoming fall. He has some blocks that are, whether it's on the move, you know, pulling out in space, you just see a high-end physical athlete, 6'4", 3'15", that you can see the that, – that's like he very well could end up OT1 in this class because that's what the OT1s look like physically.
0: This running back class is good, dude. And yeah. it's – I like this next back a lot. Devin Cain from Texas A&M, 5'9", 185, 90.3 PFF grade this past year. This guy can fly, absolutely fly. And uh, the speed back, he has it. I think he's going to be in the in the conversation with Bijan and Tank and some mm-hmm. of the top running backs in the country.
1: Yeah, so it chain's he still has the weight. He's like five, five, 185. If he gets up to, like, 195, I think he could still be a first-rounder. Um, that's in, like, Raheem Mostert plays at 190. So – some schemes w- won't necessarily care. Ten one four hundred 100-meter, he's run as a member of Texas track team. He is the fast running back country. It shows on the football field, he- and he breaks tackles, too. He had a 92.3 rushing grade as a freshman, 91.0 as a sophomore. Like, he is not just r- outrun guys. He also will break tackles, has elusiveness to his game. I-, I can't wait to see what he does with a full workload, with Isaiah Spiller not there anymore, what they do with him because he is – sick like he could be he could be like a cj2k type of running back because he just has that elite of speed that translates to the football field
0: early favorite for interior offensive lineman one cooper bb played left tackle for kansas state this past year six foot three 320 and only allowed 10 pressures playing left tackle and you like you say in your write-up here he profiles as a guard but man that is impressive for cooper bb
1: yeah it's a bad dude he he's a the prototypical mauler at six three three twenty 81.4 81.4 run blocking grade this past year. It's a lot of impressive drive blocks on his tape. But he, just, he can generate movement as well as anyone in this draft class can't, uh any offensive line position just yet. So redshirt sophomore last year, will be a redshirt junior. Um, again, probably at, at that size, 6'3", 220, you're probably more looking at a guard than a tackle.
0: You have a South Carolina tight end I have not watched any of, Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell is 6'3", 230, South Carolina. Uh, Only played 300 snaps this past year, but an 85.6 PFF grade for South Carolina.
1: So they would give this guy handoffs. Oh, wow. He got seven handoffs last year, 40 yards. Um, He is dynamic. So on 30 catches, only 30 catches last year, 488 yards. So 16.3 yards per reception, and he broke 13 tackles. He's like a souped up running back at the moment in terms of the skill set, not really a wide receiver, kind of tweener at his size. So he needs to obviously put on 10 to 15 more pounds to realistically become a tight end. But you love those movement skills for a guy who was only a richer freshman last year.
0: Rounding out the list here, Quentin Johnston, TCU wide receiver, he's huge, tall wins down the football field I think he is one of the he's one of a handful of bigger receivers that are going to come out in this 2023 class that are going to draw some interest
1: yeah so he's 6'4 200 and I love his acceleration off the line of scrimmage I mean he can get going and you see it not only getting off the line but ball gets in his hands and they shot out of a cannon trying to get down the football field he broke 10 tackles on 33 catches last year we'll see how he fares this upcoming season as a obviously true junior but I'm already impressed with the big playability, nineteen point eight career yard per reception average.
0: I watched him and Dontavion Wicks a lot. The Virginia receiver that was pretty yeah. damn good last year. But <clears throat> you called out something that he's like old as hell, isn't he? He's like twenty
1: three, twenty four. Oh, no, that's the other one I think. Oh, okay. Keaton Johnson. Have
0: you watched any Dontavion
1: Wicks? Uh I have. Do you not like him? I can't remember exactly. I I didn't. I watched. um, (laughs) He's another bigger receiver. I watched handful plays and I was like, he's not a first (laughs) rounder. Fair, fair. Uh,
0: Devin Leary, NC State, is the only is the last quarterback you have on this. You know, Dave Doran called him the best quarterback in the country on this podcast. Why no Tyler Van Dyke? So you got Devin Leary in here. A lot of people like Tyler Van Dyke out of Miami.
1: We'll see Tyler Van Dyke. uh, He's a super talented dude, but only started like nine games so far. So we we cut the list down to what five quarterbacks Mm -hmm. still probably more than ultimately goes in the first round um leary though good arm takes care of the football really well in that it's the only nine turnover where he plays last year will be another guy on the older side i don't think he's the best quarterback in the country as dave doran would say but i think he is very <laughs> hey, talented don't
0: slander dave Dorn. that guy gets it all right yeah. that guy is one of the most serious individuals that's ever been on this podcast <laughs>
1: But just another name to watch Mm -hmm. at the
0: quarterback position. You have Paris Johnson to close out the mock draft going 32 to the Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl champion Buffalo Bills. He's actually up there in DraftKings odds to be the number one overall pick. So maybe the market is higher. He's fourth in odds to be the number one overall pick. Market higher on Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Yeah,
1: I like Paris Johnson now. That's a massive projection. So he played right guard last year for Ohio State. He's going to play left tackle this fall was a top tackle recruit and truthfully should be better at tackle than he is at guard. Like he can, this guy can really move heck of an athlete for the tackle position. But again, he only earned 65.4 pass blocking great at guard. We, we shall see how he fares at tackle, but it is a little different animal. And I'll believe it when I see it. That's why I lean towards guys who are already tackles this past fall.
0: Well, only one more question on the 2023 quarterback class mm. hearing some buzz around Phil Jerkovich. At boston oh, no. college your thoughts your quote Kelly brian kelly's most
1: talented quarterback brian kelly's ever recruited he himself said so i i i don't really see it truthfully and, and he's this far into his career that you would you're think a hater would have happened but he, he just, he's just he was that one and just can't go keep going back to when he was at notre dame he was so just like first first guy I looked at wasn't there and it was just panic and go it was just and that's why he got beat out by well, admittedly, fourth round pick, Ian Book. So, um, but yeah, Phil, hardly knew you. <laughs> All
0: right, fun to read segment.
1: Let's do it. We have
0: a handful of tweets out that need to be addressed on the fun to read, and then a handful out on the save your likes component. This is from PFF's very own Eric Eager. Quote tweeting someone named Danny Biggs, who looks like a Jets fan.
1: Well, so the arjun menon who we actually have highlighted on a, yeah on arjun menon's day. been on here for a little okay. bit he, he tweets out a, gra- a graphic um about zach wilson that had like something incorrect about it and someone corrects him with it and eric tries to dunk on him by saying jets fans watch their team voluntarily opt into adam gaze coach the team for three years but a mislabeled caption on the graph is the kind of moral decay my parents warned us all Stop. about. Stop. This is insane. So he's trying to dunk on a fan for pointing out a correction. And then eager Eric, doctor, gets Adam Gase's tenure wrong because it was only two years. And so he makes <laughs> a mistake himself.
0: He has nine quote tweets, and they all must be rough. <laughs> They're all rough. One of them. One of them is so bad. <laughs> Analytics guy can't count the number of years the Gase coached the Jets. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no oh no eric we need help we need help yeah. we need help we can't be making these mistakes Here, here's the take if you're Stop gonna if quote if you're gonna dunk someone on someone it has to hit you yeah. can't whiff you can't whiff you can't you can't miss your dunks yeah you can't miss your dunks and exactly. i even i even think dunks are overrated when the person you're dunking on is a person you don't know like mm-hmm. like okay mina kimes when she quote tweeted i think it was like the cardinals or something and she like Flamed him with like a Kyler Murray tweet, and that was when all that stuff was going down. Like, that was you're dunking on an NFL team and you hit, that's the perfect dunk. Now, if you dunk on, if you quote tweet someone that is objectively like really tiny Mm -hmm. in relative to like your presence on social media and you miss, it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. All right, next one here. I audibly laughed in my office this morning when I read this tweet because I was dying. Baker Mayfield, unlikely to make Browns' offensive trip to Bahamas that Deshaun Watson is hosting, I'm told. Oh, man, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I, ba- love
1: the, I, I do love it because this is from Mary Kay Cabot, who's the Browns uh, reporter, because obviously it's, it did have to kind of be reported. You, you know, like Deshaun it it was publicized that Deshaun was doing it, so people want to know who's all going on it. But everyone and their mother, I think, would understand that Baker Mayfield was not going to be out there. Yeah,
0: trip. I love that he's saying it out. I love that he's saying it. Why wouldn't you take it? Hey, like, just if you're getting a free trip to the Bahamas yeah. with some of your friends, like I know, I, I know, like he's not the starter anymore, but like, you could be like, yeah, it kind of sucks that I'm not the starter anymore, but this is a free
1: trip to Bahamas. I'm sure Deshaun was not handing out just free trips. But
0: I thought it was a free trip. I thought it was a Deshaun sponsored event.
1: I know, but like he probably invited people.
0: Oh, oh okay. Like... That's a better report though. Baker Mayfield wasn't invited to yeah. the Bahamas trips from Deshaun Watson. It Washington. wasn't just
1: like, hey, open invites.
0: Last one here is your a picture of your outfit. Who put this one in? To the Garth Brooks. <laughs> to the Garth Brooks. So I we lived together to and one. I remember I came out of my room at like eleven AM and I was I saw you in that fall. Well, outfit. so I had things to do and I was
1: just checking to see if <laughs> I don't wear cowboy boots. It often was just
0: hilarious because I was like, Oh my gosh, is Garth starting soon? And you're like, No, it's not till seven. I was like, Holy shit, you're trying it on this early. Well, I was gonna start doing stuff
1: at like four. It was it was and had I, things to do before that. So I, I will say
0: the outfit's elite. It's a nice outfit. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can see it. If you're not, go to my Twitter.
1: You don't have to go either.
0: Uh, Save your likes. To start, before we get into the specific save your likes, the schedule announcement process is easily the worst part of May. Like, people like leaking Bears will play Cowboys at home at one o'clock on
1: CBS in week 10. It's like. Yeah, there was an account. Tweeting out singular games. That was it. Called the, like the NFL leaks account. Like the only games that
0: like anyone should leak if they're gonna leak them are week one games, right? Mm-hmm. Like even you you will be even if the games are like oh in week ten in prime time the Bears will play the Dolphins you're not gonna remember that until even week ten you're like oh who plays on Sunday night this week oh it's the Dolphins Bears sick like I don't understand the the it was such a save your likes day because if you. It, When someone tweets out Bears are playing Cowboys at 1 uh, o'clock in week 11 and it gets 1,000 likes, that's your fault. Again, that's your fault.
1: The only real advent – because you know who you're going to play. Yeah. You know where the location of said game is going to be. The only advent of, like, the actual schedule release is helping you get hotels if you're actually going to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, oh, it's Thursday night. I need to get a hotel. That's a Thursday night instead of that Sunday night. That's pretty much the only – Positive part of it.
0: So, the peak save your likes moment comes from PFF at PFF on Twitter. kneecaps are safe in primetime this season. How did we? How'd that get through? Why did that get through? Look, scroll down, Quinn. Fourteen thousand likes. How'd that get through? Fi- no, fifteen thousand likes. That got fifteen thousand likes, Mike. That's how it got through. This is their fault this is why savior likes exists Fifteen thousand likes on a kneecaps joke Desire. made two years too late that's not the social team's fault they just knew it was going to hit because people suck
1: horrible horrible i I, have, horrible. I i want to ab test that though yeah what if yeah, we just yeah. tweeted it with something else would got have 20, got what if it gotten twenty thousand. it
0: wouldn't have it wouldn't have it wouldn't have all right this next one's from nfl rumors the Packers have done their homework on Julio Jones, Odo Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry. That is a good one. The fact that that has 3,000 likes is absurd. Of course they've done their homework. I've done my homework on Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. If you haven't done – what does that even mean? I don't know. I'd I think those, like... those tweets come out every year in the quarterback class too. Steelers mm-hmm. are doing their homework on the quarterback class. Mm-hmm. Raiders are doing their homework on the quarterback class. <laughs> Packers are doing their jobs.
1: Yep. That, it's – what, basically what it's saying. Yeah, You, you do one. homework on literally every free agent. If you're NFL player personnel, pro personnel staff, the entire free agent class is covered in terms of write-ups.
0: Last one to highlight here is obviously a tailgater, a master gator, creating an account called Save Your Likes. And the only two followers are me and you for now. <laughs> but uh, the eyeballs emoji is peak Save Your Likes. I love that tweet on May 12th. I'm going to like it right now. I did love. Did you see this tweet that Seth had about like no quarterback 75 years ago or whatever would be better than yeah. high school quarterbacks? It was pretty good. The Packers done your homework, made it to the Savior Likes account. Make sure you follow the Savior Likes account because that thing's going to be turning out some heat. It is turning out some heat. Absolutely love it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Tailgate. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Tailgate.